This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you so much for downloading today's show. This is a special Big Fight preview podcast counting down towards Canelo versus Chavez Jr. this Saturday night at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. It's that special. We've even got music on the show. Oh, man, this is getting me, getting me ready. Get your Fajitas out. Get yourself a straw donkey and a sombrero. We discuss the lovely narrative running through both camps. De La Hoya couldn't walk through the streets of Mexico for years. They fucking hated him. Mm. And as you say, that narrative's there now. Who's, who's, who's in Chavez Jr.'s corner? Well, his dad, the icon. And who's in Canelo's corner? Fucking Oscar De La Hoya. The anti-icon, if you like. And Nick throws in a curveball question that takes us off on a little bit of a tangent. What was your favourite, what's your favourite Mexican fight? Fucking hell. Right. <laughs> All Mexican fight or just yeah. involving a Mexican fire? Oh, it's got to be all Mexican. Right. All Mexican fights. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Welcome to our Big Fight preview, an extra podcast for our subscribers. Thank you so much. If you are one of those, uh, you can do it via fightdisciples.com. There's plenty of buttons on there. You can listen to us via different applications. The main one is obviously iTunes. Fightdisciples.com. Go there. It's a button. And you will always get our content, especially when we decide to do these random shows. Uh, And this is an extra show this week. Normally we do three, but with there being such a huge fight uh, happening this weekend at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, we thought we'd give you an extra special one on this Friday morning. And it is a Mexico special, Nicholas. A Mexico special. Canelo, Javes Jr. Going toe-to-toe. This needs a theme tune, brother. That's what it needs. Cinco de Mayo. Need some special music. Well, think of the Oh man, this is getting me getting me ready. Get your fajitas out. Get yourself a straw donkey and a sombrero. Because we are having a special. Do you know when you're in a restaurant? Yeah. And them guys come over with like we I don't know, ukuleles or something and have a little bit of a play and stuff. Because it's a mariachi band. Yeah, yeah. Because it's your birthday and all that type of stuff. You go, off, mate. I just want to have my fajitas clear off, like you know what I mean. You say that, but you remember the Doritos adverts and they they played like yeah. cool tunes, they but it was wicked. it was well I, when we were getting married. I asked Jane if we could have that at the wedding reception. She said no. I was serious though as well. I really wanted them. They've They'd have been awesome. mental. Exactly. How awesome would that have been? There'll be plenty of this at the weekend, by the way. Oh yeah, at the T-Mobile gotcha. Arena. Cinco de Mayo weekend, man. Things. Listen, Vegas and Cinco de Mayo mm. weekend is. Insane, absolutely insane, and this is the fight. You know, let's let's be honest. This is kind of we wanted Alvarez to fight Triple G, didn't we? Saul Alvarez. We all want him to fight Triple G. We all thought that was the big fight next, and everything else. And then when this fight got announced, n- everywhere outside of Mexico, kind of went, oh, fuck, just fight Triple G. Mm. But in Mexico, they didn't. In Mexico, they went. Hell yes, mm. this is the fight that we want. Yeah, it is. What are you doing with your microphone? You're just whacking the blooming living daylights out of everything. Fix that there, that's better. Is that better now? Bloody I just got excited, I was dancing to the mariachi <laughs> band. <laughs> um, you are right in what you said there, and part of today's show would be regarding pay-per-views, because the whole thing regarding Golden Boy and Oscar De La Hoya looking after Canelo is that they want to make him the big pay-per-view star. They want to make him the guy that carries boxing on his back. At this moment in time, I personally don't think he's managed to do that. And that's probably because 
He hasn't matched up with guys that you would think it's 50-50. Now, there'll be people screaming at the podcast now going, what are you talking about? Look at his resume. Right. The ones that he has beaten down the years, i.e., for example, a Sugar Shane Mosley, people like that. Yeah. He got them in the twilight of their career. Yeah, Miguel he, Cotto. Yeah, all, Even Miguel Cotto, right? Yeah. He got him in the twilight of his career, and you would anticipate that the young stallion from Mexico would take those fights. Then you would look at Floyd Mayweather, and you think, that wasn't a 50-50 for me. Floyd Mayweather was heavily the favourite in that fight. Yeah. There's never really been a matchup for Canelo yeah. that you go, fucking hell, this could go either way. Well, Triple G is that one. In Mexico, they thought that about Mayweather. They thought he was close. Yeah, but the rest I, of the argue, world didn't. The real that was the biggest test of his career was Mayweather, and he come short. He got he got he got beat on points by Mayweather. That was his biggest test. Can I just say that the scoring in that was an absolute joke? It was never a split decision. No, Mayweather absolutely schooled him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely right. And I just think. At this point in time, Canelo Alvarez is Mexican boxing, is the big superstar of Mexican boxing. However... But the, only in Mexico. It's not around the world, is it? No, 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 he isn't. Because if you look at his pay-per-view numbers... He doesn't do it. that well. No, no exactly, yeah. But if you look at who he's fighting now... Yep. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Yep. Senior, he was, is, remains the greatest icon in Mexican boxing. Don't just jizz all over what I'm going to talk about later on, all his, right? His dad is the star. His dad is the icon. Do you know what I mean? So, it's like... He built Mexican boxing. He is Mexican boxing. He is what it's all about. Alvarez is Mexican boxing today, but this is why the whole of Mexico has been divided. And I think the country, the whole world's starting to get a little bit divided is the fact that Can Chavez... <coughs> I'm getting so excited and he passed out. Can Chavez Jr. produce the kind of performances his dad was famous for mm. and climb on top of the Mexican boxing world. And not only that, roll back the years, because let's be straight about Junior, right? Yep. He hasn't really performed for the last five years, since 2012, would you say? Yeah. I haven't seen him. I mean, he's not even took it seriously. He's been pissing about, missing weight. He's been taking fights, getting beaten fights, all these types of things. And I think to myself, he's got to take it seriously. If he's going to fight Canelo, you've got to take it seriously. Now, let's just chuck a little few stats out there. We've alluded to it. When the fight got made, we alluded to what we thought might happen. But this is the special fight for it. This is, this is the big fight podcast, so let's get stuck into it. Mexico weekend, okay? It's a catch weight. Yeah. They were fighting at the most bizarre catchweight of all time. 164.5 pounds. That is the catchweight. I don't know who fucking dreamt that up, but it's Bonkers. obviously there, yeah. purely there, to drain Chavez Jr. Chavez Jr. traditionally fights at 168 pounds, and he has missed weight on several occasions in the past, all right? Yeah. Now, I am led to believe that he is currently weighing around 169. So he's bang on. He's taking his camp seriously. I'll be honest with you, he looks thin. Yeah. He looks very drained already, and he's still got, what, five pounds still to shift. Now, Canelo, people will say, well, he's got to eat up, he's moving up. Come on, this is Canelo, right? Canelo drains himself like mad to get down to 154 pounds. They've already come out and said this is the last time that he will be messing around. He's going to officially be a 160-pound fighter going forward, is Canelo. He's going to relinquish his 154-pound WBO belt that he currently holds, all right? So, Canelo's moving up from 154 pounds. I would be quite confident in saying, on fight night, Canelo rehydrates to plus 170. Yeah. I'd even guess at plus 180. Maybe, yeah. You're probably right. I think Liam Smith said he was fucking massive when they actually fought. Absolutely ginormous. So therefore, me, I look at this and go, Chavez Jr. is going to be dead at the weight, mate. He's going to be absolutely dead at the weight. If Canelo is going to get back up to what we reckon around 170, 175... 
then Chavez Jr. is going to get probably bigger than that because he's got the bigger frame. So if he can get back, if he can rehydrate in time, he might go he might go £10 heavier again, or at least £5 heavier again. But what has it taken out of him getting to 164.5? Well, that's the whole thing. He hasn't done that weight in such a long time. You know, the, the, the best part of his career was down at super welterweight middleweight. That was when Chavez Jr. looked like he was going to be a world beater and looked like when he was a world champion. Yeah. It was only later on in his career when he stopped taking it serious that he was fought at middleweight and then more recently super mid- I think he even fought at light heavyweight. Mm. Uh, which is frightening when you think he's going to get back down to what's like a super welter middle catchweight. <laughs> now, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's Canelo's world, Can- man. Well, it's Canelo weight. That's what they call it. C- Canelo is so scientific with this thing. This is what. This is why it's hard really to look past the little ginger ninja and the fact that he makes these weights specifically knowing full well that for the other guy to get there is going to kill him. But, as I say, you know, Chavez Jr.'s best run as a professional fighter was at super welterweight and middleweight and this is practically that weight class so mm. and what we've been hearing since is unmotivated hasn't been taking it serious can't be asked, you know yeah. has can't be asked you know you fought Brian Vera twice yeah. like the distance with Brian Vera twice Brian Vera after those two fights came to Liverpool and got sparked out by Rocky Fielding yeah you know that's kind of and that's no I'm not trying to slight on Rocky Fielding's performance. He knocked the guy out. But when you're fighting the likes of Brian Vera in back-to-back fights and winning majority decisions, good luck, you know, motivating yourself for whatever comes next. And especially when you're the son of the greatest boxer ever to come out of Mexico, one of the greatest boxers who ever laced up the gloves. Mm. This What we're being told this week, and I'm kind of buying into it with all these HBO countdown shows and everything else is that... This is what he's been waiting for. This is what Chavez Jr., this is the moment, this is the legacy fight, this is the moment where he proves himself and steps out of his dad's shadow and becomes the number one Mexican fighter. And to be honest, Canelo's massive in the in, in the US and he's massive in Mexico as well. But I just think there's a real undertone there of the hardcore Mexican public that wants Chavez Jr. to do it. You know, he's still, Not a question. still based out of Mexico, you know, trains up in the in the in the Azteca Mountains and all this kind of stuff. His his dad's very much part of the camp. Meanwhile, Canelo, okay, Mexican born and raised but lives in Los Angeles now trains in San Diego and is living the American lifestyle and, rather than the Mexican and lifestyle and his connection to Oscar De La Hoya but exactly don't, and, don't get me wrong I love Oscar De La Hoya yeah. and I'm sure some Mexicans do but, love him but he isn't loved in is Mexico he because he beat Chavez Sr yeah. he beat Chavez Sr when he, he's he technically that. an American with Mexican heritage rather than a full blown Mexican exactly he ended uh, Chavez Chavez uh, Sr's incredible run, incredible legacy career. He was a god in Mexico. And it was Oscar De La Hoya, age 23, I think it was, straight after uh, winning an Olympic gold for America. Don't forget, not for Mexico, but for America. (laughs) And then he goes and ends, you know, this incredible halcyon career of the great. And and that's why De La Hoya couldn't walk through the streets in Mexico for years. They fucking hated him. Mm. And as you say, that narrative's there now. Who's who's, who's in Chavez Jr.'s corner? Well, his dad, the icon. And who's in Canelo's corner? Fucking Oscar De La Hoya, the anti-icon, if you like. It's crazy. That's why there's a wicked narrative going on. The whole of Mexico on Saturday night will be glued to the TV. And all our listeners should be glued to it as well. It's on Box Nation. If, um, yeah, 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 and it's going to be. This is going to be epic. Abs. It doesn't get any bigger than Cinco de Mayo in Las Vegas. I'm telling you. When you when you're looking through stats for fights, when we prepare sh- special shows like this, you look through very stats and narratives that you can pick up from years gone by and what have you. Um, Julio says that Chavez is 
career, you don't need to because it's etched in your brain, isn't it? Crazy. You don't necessarily need to go over certain things. That's probably one of the f- one of the fighters from a foreign land that I'm more familiar with than anybody else because of what he's achieved. I mean, the longest run of consecutive wins of 87, I think it was. 88? It was 88, wasn't it? Oh, he, drew, he had the draw. He drew his 88th fight. Yeah, yeah. He drew his 88th fight. So he's 87 on the spin victories. He had something like 106 victories, only lost six times, something ridiculous like that. And if you look at all the guys that have beat him, they were right at the end of his career when basically, let's be straight, for the time gets us, we we end up getting beat. I think four of his 60 feats have come in his last 11 fights. Yeah. Something like that anyway. He was was an old man at that point. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's 88th win. He, he drew. He drew with Pernell Whitaker. Yeah, great uh, fighter. And then he had, uh, I think he had one or two, but his 88th win was against the Scouser. Really, Andy Holligan. Yeah, Andy Holligan went over to uh, to guy, Mexico man. and fought him. Yeah, I think he got that was for the WBC uh, super lightweight title. But as you said, this is the greatest Mexican fighter of all time. Oh, oh no, we got, I mean, you can argue. Well, that, that's people. one of those where you, you end your career and you go. You know, I once fought Chavez. <laughs> I once went to Mexico and fought Julio Cesar Chavez. Wow. And I hope Andy Oligan's still fucking dining out on that in Liverpool yeah. right now. Has to be, man. Has to be. Um, and there'll be other people that might say, well, what about Juan Manuel Marquez? What about Oscar De La Hoya? Because let's be straight, Oscar De La Hoya was a six-weight um, world champion. <sighs> That's something to one grow of, about. One of my favourite fighters of all time. Yeah, of course. But I think, I think if we're going to talk about Mexican fighters and our favourite Mexican fighters, I think we've both got to just go... Chavez Senior was the greatest. No question. Let's stick him on the top shelf. Yeah. Like, let's just say phenomenal. I, I, you know, I wasn't uh, I wasn't watching his fights live when I was a kid. No. It was just before our generation, really, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? So, our generation is Marquez. De, De La Hoya, Marquez, Barrera, my personal favourite. Morales. And then Wars, he had with Morales, were just like fucking different class. Mm. What was your favourite? What's your favourite Mexican fight? Fucking hell. Right. <laughs> all Mexican fight or just yeah. involving a Mexican fighter? Oh, it's got to be all Mexican. Right. All Mexican fights. All Right, okay. I've, I've got a few, yeah? Okay. Because the the most prominent one that comes to my mind from is from last year. Do you remember, because um, we we previewed it at the, or should I say, reviewed it at the back end of last year. We talked about Vargas Salido. Do you remember that? Yeah, Where yeah, they just yeah, stood in the middle of the ring and just belted the living daylights out of each other. It was yep. absolutely unbelievable. An all-Mexican affair right at the start of last year. I think it was February last year, 2016. Vargas Salido was an absolute cracker. However, you mentioned a couple there just previously, right? And I'm just trying to think which one of um, Morales Barrera is, yeah, is yeah. my favourite. Um one was brilliant, two was okay, three was un- unbelievable. Three was incredible. I'm yeah. going to go three. In 2004, I think three was. Yeah, that was the... Uh, so Barrera, the Barrera win. Yeah. Yeah, because it went Morales won, then it went uh, Barrera, and then Barrera won the rubber yeah, match yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barrero's second victory, I think, is the best out of the three. But the first one, man. Morales, the first one was unbelievable. The first one was unreal. Yeah. The first one I was so familiar with because um, I was obviously a, a young boy in Liverpool who was just I loved boxing at the time. And Barrera was put on the radar for me to bring it back again because two scousers fought him back to back. Richie Wenton went to Atlantic City and challenged him. And then Paul Lloyd, who was the European champion forever, he fought him. Uh, and it was Barrera's first fight in the UK, only fight in the UK, Royal Albert Hall in London. I think it was 
Oh, no, he fought Amir Khan, didn't he? Of course he did, yeah, yeah. But it was basically Barrera's fight in the UK. Um, and he won both those fights. And so he was well and truly on my radar. Then I was like, bought in. I'm, I'm, he's my favourite fighter. Like yeah. The baby-faced assassin. And when he fought Eric Morales in that unification fight at Super Bantamweight, that was unbelievable. And on the back of that fight, I was like, oh, Morales is now my favourite fighter. And the great thing was, and that's kind of... Similar to this fight this weekend, Canelo from the rough streets and, you know, dragged up on his arse and massive family, no money. And you've got Chavez Jr. whose dad had all the money in the world and he watched his dad be king of the world and be idolised and he lived a very palatial lifestyle. And yet you've got these two worlds colliding together. Well, that was exactly the same thing as that we saw with the trilogies between Marco Antonio Barrera and Eric Morales. Morales was dragged up from the streets. He was a street fighting kid and all that team pro at fucking eight years old or whatever it is they do in Mexico. Mm. Meanwhile, Barrera came from a really good family. His family had money. He was from Mexico City. They were lawyers, I think. I know he was a lawyer after his boxing career. He came for, and, and then they had this, so it was like, the, the the middle class fight in the working class, the whole of Mexico again collided. So th- those trilogy fights were immense. And then suddenly it was like, who the fucking hell's Rafael Marquez? Because <laughs> Marquez swooped in and joined the party as well. So that was like the, a proper golden age for Mexican boxing for me at that stage. That I, used was to, like, I used to hate Barrera. Did you? Why? He beat Naz. Uh, yeah, well, listen, Naz was my idol. Mate, I hated it. My idol. He ended it, well, he ended everything because Naz threw his toys out of the pram and packed his career in after yeah. getting beat off that. And you know what? The horrible thing is as well, I, I absolutely worship Naz. Like, literally Mate, Naz was the man. Him. Naz was the reason. I literally had a, I, I had a VHS tape of Naz's greatest hits mm. and I, I, worn it, I literally worn the tape out because I used to watch it so much. And I was lucky enough when I started my journalist, journalism career in Liverpool covering boxing here, that I caught a couple of Naz's fights. Like, Shane Neary fought Mickey Ward from the famous movie of... Was it a fighter? Yeah. Uh, well, that was a Naz undercard, that fight. You know, I was at that fight. I was ringside. I was covering that fight, Mickey Ward versus Shane Neary. Um, so I covered a couple of Naz's fights. So, listen, there was no bigger Naz fan than me. But also, I was this fucking huge fan of Barrera as well. So when that fight got mounted yeah, because, in Vegas, be- I was like... Man, Naz is going to lose. Barrera's fucking well, amazing. Naz's fight with Barrera was after the first Morales fight, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Morales, Barrera's 2000, and yeah. from my memory, I think it's 2002, is the, yeah, is he the Nazim fight. After he beat Naz, that was when the second fight with Morales took place. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And then obviously they went on for a third one. Yeah. So I obviously saw the first one between Morales and Barrera. I thought, fucking hell, that's a bit special, that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then kind of forgot that that was that Barrera. Of course. Because Naz were on a tear. Yeah, you yeah. watched well, Naz. Naz was a different weight class Naz just smashed everyone, man. Oh, Naz was 35 an hour at that point. He's Naz, fucking unreal. Yeah, you, you, Kevin Kelly fight, all that type of stuff. Yeah, you go yeah. and watch Naz and you think, this guy's amazing. It doesn't matter yeah. who you put in front of him, he's going to spank everybody. But then, as a historian, you look back at it, you think, okay, it was unravelling behind the scenes with Naz. Oh, big he, time. He took his mind off it. Big he time. wasn't asked about training anymore. Once he got rid of the, uh, once he got rid of, you know, his, the coaching team from Sheffield yeah. and he got rid of Frank Warren and all that stuff and he was trying to be managed and, and the whole thing was getting run by his own family. That's when the wheels came off in a massive way for Naz. Well, it came off obviously against Barrera and Barrera then kicks on after beating Naz. I'm just looking at, I mean, he even himself fought Kevin Kelly at that point. He fought um, Eric Morales, as we talked. He's been in with Manny Pacquiao. Manny obviously beaten him. So many unbelievable fighters. The list of guys that he's gone toe-to-toe with, you mentioned Khan before, it's just unbelievable. Barrera, 
I'm going right. You've asked me the question at the start. I'm yeah. going to go. I'm going to go the third one. The yeah. third one. I'll go with the third one because obviously I was Pereira a huge fan of, of, of Barrera. Yeah, so I was, I was delighted that he won that rubber match. But that first fight with Morales was one of the greatest Mexican fights, certainly of this era. And yet, you know, we're still waxing lyrical about those two. It was Marquez that come in and swept the two of them well, side. That, I was just about to say, right, because we, we can talk about the greatest fighters of all time, and that would be Julio Cesar Chavez. Yeah. You've got uh, De La Hoya and his achievements. Yeah. But if you look Ruben at... Ruben Olivares, Salvador Sanchez, these are all absolute icons well, of the, the Mexican, whole, Mexican scene. Salvador Sanchez, the whole story regarding him, because he died at 23, 23 yeah. He was how car- good? What, we don't even know how good he could have been. No, he was... Died in a car crash. And he was beating every man and his dog yeah, at 23 years of age, died in a car crash. And people were going to say, this is the guy. This is the guy that's going to be the man. He's going to yeah. be the, the, the daddy. But he sadly passed away at 23 years of age. All these achievements from these great Mexican fighters, I mean, obviously, you tick, 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 tick. You're ticking them off for fun. But if you look at Pereira, yeah, yeah, great fighter, don't get me wrong, and world champ. But if you look at a fighter that has been involved in world-class fights, I don't think anybody can stack up to Pereira because you've got all the battles with Morales. The Marquez fight in 2007 is yeah. still an absolute cracker. Okay, we just mentioned Naz, yeah. but we're trying to keep this all Mexican affairs. Pereira was in the best and most Mexican, all all. All Mexican. All Mexican affairs. No question about it. He's the man for Mexican affairs for me. Yeah, quite possibly. Because Marquez's career has been amazing. Because obviously he fought Barrera, he fought Marquez. uh, But then, of course, he's had this, you know, how many fights has he had with Manny Pacquiao? About fucking 12. Do you know what I mean? So when you look at and they're talking about another Mexican one, career. He, yeah, he exactly. Another one. When you're looking at Mexican boxing careers and guys who fought the best in around their weight division at that time, you could argue that Marquez has become the man. You know, so Marquez definitely fought the the talent at that at the weight categories that he competed in. I'm just talking about all Mexican affairs for Barrera. Yeah, he didn't back down from any. He wanted to be the cock of Mexico. That's yeah. basically where he was at. He goes, okay, I'll fight you. I'll fight you again. I'll fight you again. Right, that's best out of three. I'm champion there. Let's go to the next one. I'll fight you. I'll fight you again. He was just unbelievable, Barrera, regarding it, his ethic of fighting the local lad. Yeah, completely. Completely. But then, you know what? We've made an argument for the three of them there, and I'm a massive fan of them all. For me, Barrera's probably, I'm like you, just edging above. But you know what, man? I fucking loved Oscar De La Hoya. He's not Mexican. No, you're not him. having it. I loved, <laughs> I loved Oscar De La Hoya. Listen, if our uh, Mexican friends are listening now in uh, Las Iguanas restaurant having a, 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 a sombrero <laughs> dinner, I'm not, I'm not getting involved We need a with definitive that. answer, yeah. yeah. Is, we need a definitive is Oscar answer. De La Hoya a proper Mexican? That's what Oscar De La Hoya about. picked up the torch from Chavez Senior. Oh, don't do that! Don't do that! Don't, don't bring him into the same sentence. You can't do it. <laughs> He's a man from California. Look you who, can't have look it. Look who Oscar fought, man. He fought everyone. No, like, literally, no. his career is fucking ridiculous. He had so many amazing fights. Amazing. You know, the Shane Mosley fights, Fernando Vargas, fucking Felix Trinidad. My favorite Oscar. Just... De, my favorite Oscar De La Hoya fight is one that he lost the first one to Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, because obviously Pacquiao was stepping up. I think he stepped up two weights for that particular fight, didn't he? This that was Manny Pacquiao's coming of age fight. Everybody knew that this guy from the Philippines was blasting everybody away in these lower weight categories. Uh, he stepped up two to take on obviously the Golden Boy. Yeah, and he beat him. But what a fight that is! If you watch that fight, it is absolutely unbelievable. 
It was a crazy fight because it was just a, that was a crazy period in Oscar's career though. I think towards the end like that, it was just the case of fighting anybody for, for the money. Kind of, for the money, yeah. But when when Oscar was completely dominating the, the the super lightweight and then the welterweight divisions when he's WBC champion for so long and he was just literally churning through everybody, you know, and Hector Camachos and Pernell Whitakers <laughs> and Chavez, of course, all these people. I think later on in his career, don't just he, roll those names off. Right? It, it's it's scary. Don't isn't just it? roll They're them like off. Hall of Fame. It's like Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. Pernell Whitaker is one of my favourite fighters of all time. He he could have comfortably qualified for Swan Lake. Pernell Whitaker, yeah. his, his footwork <laughs> was a joke, right? So you just mentioned Hector Camacho. All these guys, yeah. Hall of Fame fighters, and yeah. this is a young kid straight out of the Olympics. That put serious manners on him. Wipe the floor with a lot of them. I think for that reason, it's hard for me to look past Oscar as the number two because I literally idolised him growing up. He's not Mexican. You're not having it. <laughs> He's not a Mexican. He, he won a gold medal for the USA, so it is hard to put nah. him as a Mexican. Uh, yeah. Do we do we just put an asterisk next to his name, or is he just not even in? He's Mate, not even recognised. That's like me five. saying that I'm Irish because I once had a, a pint of Guinness in Dublin. Right? <laughs> that's basically what it is. However. You can't argue. Six weight divisions, world champion in all unreal. six. Um, um, absolutely unreal. Fair play, Oscar. Sensational stuff. However, for me, number two would be Juan Manuel Marquez. Yeah. Seven times uh, world champion, four different weight divisions, and a proper Mexican. Find you some great fights from the 50s and 60s. Sorry, I'm saving just attention being in the corner with one of these guys, you know, knowing that the fight is up in the air and... You know, and it's going to probably stay this way all the way to the last round. I don't think no one's going to get a real comfortable decided edge. Okay. Right, right, right hand by Marquez. Momentarily stunned Ferreira. Ferreira trying to show that instinct for fighting back. That was the most eye-catching yeah. shot of the night. Another big uppercut for Marquez. Snaps Ferreira's head back. And a big right hand over the top. Marquez seizing the advantage in the center of the ring. That's the punch that I said earlier that he had to watch out for. Because Marquez has been... Been really gambling on that punch all night. Big long. left hook for Marquez. Suddenly he's beating Barrera to the punch over and over and over. A spectacular rally for Juan Manuel Marquez. Punctuates the seventh round. Uppercut for Marquez. Left hook. Barrera stunned. And then trouble. Bobbles back against the rope. Marquez looking to knock his man out. Brilliantly mixes in a couple of body shots. Let's come to the fight this weekend, Let's shall we? Let's get back to the main fight, because we've gone right off tangent there, talking about <laughs> our greatest Mexican fighters of all time. We've missed someone as well, you know, I think we should put it out there, if anyone's got any corrections for us, uh, anyone we haven't mentioned, but I'm pretty sure we've covered we've covered all of We can there. stick to our uh, generation, yeah, though, we, we, we? Can't, we try to. We can, we can start talking about the likes of Salvador Sanchez and people like that, yeah. and you know, and what they could have achieved, or even Ruben Olivares, but then... Would our, would that's not our generation, is it? So you know, we dip we dip our cap to that generation. But let's uh... unbelievable. Are you ready? Yeah, man, let's do it. You beat Canelo by, in my opinion, this other people might have a different opinion, uh, but by jabbing his head off uh, and making him work at a fast pace. That's what I would personally uh, do. Advise. You personally, like, yeah. this is how you would beat Canelo. But is one, it? my jab's really shit, and two, I'm not fit, so I, I find it very, very so you're difficult. Screwed, to basically, do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that for me is how you do it. You try your very best to because I don't think he takes a jab that well. You know, if no. you've got a good jab against Canelo, I think you can get through him. And and, it, and Chavez has got the the size on him. You know, he's he's naturally the bigger man. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he, do you remember the fight that Canelo fought against Erisandi Lara? Yeah. Um, 
for me, Erisander Lara, I think it was a split decision that, but Erisander Lara won that fight and he did exactly what I'm telling, saying right now. He got a big rangy jab out. He smashed him in the face every single round with that jab. Yeah. He was on his toes. He was moving around and he was walking constantly on top of him. You're working at my pace, mate, tonight. Yeah. You're going to do 12 rounds at my pace. And I thought Canelo really struggled. For me, he lost that fight, but the judges went with him on a split decision. I think it was a split anyway. Um, and we saw what Mayweather did to him. Yeah. Mayweather made him work at a, at a pace that he didn't necessarily want to do. And he made him fucking chase shadows for a long period of that fight. That, for me, is how you go about If you meet him in the middle of the ring... He will beat you. Yeah. If you meet him in a gunshot, he will beat you. Chavez Jr. loves to meet people in the middle of the ring for a gunshot. That's why I can't see that the that him as an older guy, as a guy that is stepping down and fighting at the catch weight, yeah. I can't see him lasting. He's gonna gas out and Canelo's gonna murder him if that's what he does. Yeah. If he boxes him, he might have a chance. I don't know. for, for me, I think Canelo's better everywhere I think he's better in every department I think. in this particular fight yeah yeah I think he's better than Chavez Jr in every department I think he's he punches harder I think he moves a lot better I think technically he's a lot sounder he's a far better boxer uh, I think it's a tough fight for Chavez Jr but he's game as fuck and he will get in the centre of the ring and it is Cinco de Mayo weekend do not, under- pride do not underestimate that don't underestimate what Mexican pride means to fucking these guys do you know what I mean this is Massive. This is to prove you are the number one in Mexico. And his dad what dad is traditionally He is Mexican he boxing. Is, he is Mexican boxing, he is the legacy, he is like the fighter. So if anyone's gonna do it, it's gonna be his son. And he's got all this going into the fight with him. He's got all this on his mind going into the fight. He will go in there. I think Chavez Jr. is gonna have the mentality that I will not be defeated. I will not be stopped. I'm gonna fucking kill this guy. Whatever it takes, I'm gonna do it. I think for me, if Canelo tries to meet him head on, I think Chavez Jr. is the, the bigger guy. I think he's a couple of inches taller. He's used to fighting guys, you know, as we just discussed then. He's used to fighting light heavyweights. I think that'd be a massive mistake for Canelo. If really? Canelo tries to put him out early, I think it's going to be a massive mistake. No, I don't think he's going to try and put him out early. I, I think, think he's, he's got to move and he's got a box. He's got to move and he's got a box. And he can't fight him the way he fought Liam Smith. He met, he met Liam Smith in the centre of the ring. I think he will. Because he, he he's thinking, I'm bigger than Liam Smith. Liam Smith will come here, will want to get rid of me early because of nerves and everything else. Like, you know, Khan danced around him a little bit and Canelo walked him down. I think he's got to try and dance around Chavez a little bit more. He's got to punch and move. He doesn't want to get caught up against the ropes. He doesn't want to get caught in a gun show. I think for me, Canelo approaches this as a comfortable point win. And I think we could see him well ahead, early doors. But if he walks into one, it could get interesting. It mm. could get interesting. So what you're saying is then do the opposite to what I'm saying. You're saying that Canelo must Move. In- initiate the pace. I think Canelo initiates the pace. I think he uses his better footwork and his better hand speed to hit Chavez Jr. and not be hit back. I think he can't get caught in a gun show because that's what Chavez Jr. wants. You know, this is a, basically what I, what I see this fight is that Canelo has got to use his brain and he's got to box because he's the better boxer. So why why get caught up in it in the, in the drama of it all? If they both land there, Mexican early on, and pride. Mexican, I know, but there's 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 other ways of winning these these type. You can make this as easy as he likes. I think he's got the ability, the technical ability to but make this an easy does, point to win. Okay, but does he think like Floyd Mayweather? Floyd Mayweather would just stink the place out and win the fight. That's what oh, he yeah, would yeah. do in this in this situation. He doesn't get caught up. He doesn't get no. caught up in the atmosphere. He won't get caught up in it. He's proven time and time again he won't get caught up in it. But Canelo likes to tear up. 
And it's Me- it's Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, yeah. It's Mexican Pride Weekend. He's the poster boy of Mexico. He has pressure on his shoulders. To prove a point. Don't go and bore the shit out of his sunshine. I need you to knock him out. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he wins 12 rounds and it's boring, he'll get slagged off. Yeah, there's an element... He will get slagged off. There's a, there is an element of... Yeah, because, you know, Chavez Jr. is not coming into this with the best record. You know, of late, he's lost interest and he's, been, he's lost a couple of fights. So I know what you're saying, but then... Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point, man. If if he comes in for a tear up, though, it could be it could be fucking brilliant. It will be brilliant. It could be brilliant. I just think it's going to be boring. I think Canelo is going to not boring, but I think Canelo is just going to use his brain and rack up rounds and then sail through the later rounds and then maybe get caught up a little bit in the later rounds, just trying to do a bit of a trying to get him out of there. And I think he probably actually, I think he probably will get Chavez out of there in down the stretch. I think rounds ten between. 9, 10, 11, 12, I think Canelo might get a finish then. But if he tries it early doors, man, he, I think he's in trouble. Do you reckon? Mm. I reckon Chavez, I reckon they're going to meet each other in the middle of the ring. Chavez Jr. is going to punch himself out. Canelo takes him out within six. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Got a bit so of... we're, we're quite, you know, we're, we're, we're confident Canelo is going to win the fight. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, He's definitely going to win the fight, I think. But uh, let's let's ho- listen, let's hope you're right. I hope it's a brilliant fight. Mate, if it's... I'm right, the heart will be back out. Yeah. The heart will be back out on Wednesday's show, <laughs> let me tell you. What a week, what a wonderful seven days, though, for fight fans. That one lived up to it in the heavyweight division last week here in the UK. Yeah. AJ Klitschko. I mean, we, we it exceeded our expectation. Of course it did. Now, this week... This, if you were going to pick two fights, which one's going to be boring, which one's going to be electric, you would have gone with the Mexican one being electric. You'd have gone with the heavyweights maybe jabbing the weight or Klitschko spoiling that fight. Of yeah? That's what you would have gone. You've got an absolute firecracker in the heavyweights now. Yeah. Do not let me down, Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> two <laughs> Mexican... Can you imagine? Super welter slash middles. Cuddling the shit out yeah. of each other for Don't rounds. let us down. Come yeah. on. This is Mexico. Viva Mexico! Good point. Fact, let's get our music on again. You want some Viva Mexico to let's, finish us let's, off? Let's get some That's music That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Listen, we uh, thank you for your time. Fightdisciples.com is Don't our forget, website. Joe Parker fights this weekend as well. Is anybody Late bothered? Substitute opponents. Is anybody bothered? Well, we should probably mark it because I'm sure he'll be on a first plane over to the UK as soon as he's defended his belt. He's fighting a kid that nobody's ever even heard. Raz Van Kajan. There you go. Joseph Parker is in action this weekend down under. It's the fill-in fight for Huey Fury pulling out on him, um, which we still haven't got to get down to the bottom of, but hopefully we will get down to the bottom of it. And hopefully Joseph Parker... Uh, will come over here and hand his belt over to one of our champions because, yeah. let's be honest, in my opinion, he's untested at this moment in time and probably the weakest out of the heavyweight champions. Yeah. And there's a lovely spot on Tony Bell, use mantle. Oh, look at you. I knew you'd throw his name into it. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Mexico. Come on. Sol Alvarez. Exactly. Chavez Jr. That's it. Saturday night. That's it. Let's go. Are you ready? Let's do it. If you're having a fajita, enjoy. Subscribe to the podcast on fightdisciples.com. Join the conversation on social media at Fight Disciples, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for award-winning content on a weekly basis. This show is brought to you in association with Las Iguanas Restaurants, Tequila and the Straw Donkey Federation. Viva Mexico! Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.